Welcome to the introductory episode of Bill and Deb working on our podcast that we're calling Small Talks and Small Government. Bill, say hello. I hello. Guess. <laughs> We've uh, been joking uh, this morning that we're just a couple of regular people giving this a try, so uh, uh, bear with us. But um, we, we've wanted to start this uh, little podcast venture up, mainly because over the past year or more at this point, um, it, it seems like you know, there have a lot of been a lot of things that we wish we could talk about a little bit more with our friend group uh, that that we both of us kind of share the same friend sphere. And we notice that um, there's really not an effective way to have some of these controversial conversations right now while everything seems so divided. So both of us have given it a shot on social media here and there. And, you know, I, I mean, I, how did that how did that work out? Yeah, I've been called some names. And, uh, you know, some things from perfect strangers in some cases and, you know, actual friends that I that I thought, you know, that I've, I cared about that really uh, it didn't go well. So, you know, you just find that it may be with people being in that that state or that medium, it's just not conducive to having real conversations. I mean, I know that you have actually talked to real people here and there and found that you once you actually talk, you, you really can come together and you don't have such a divide as you thought. Yeah, I don't know whether it's because of social media. I'm not really, oh, well, I used to be on social media, but not anymore really uh, actively. Uh, but I'm not sure whether it's because of social media that we couldn't have those conversations or whether it was different people or whether it was uh, just sitting down one-on-one and, and actually having an actual conversation like actual people. Uh, that um, when I found that I did that, then I found that we're all pretty much the same. We have different viewpoints, but in the end, we pretty much all want the same thing. And, and I think that's what led us to creating a podcast that uh, that shows us we're, we're basically all the same here. Uh, we might have different viewpoints, but um, we, we all pretty much want the same thing for our lives. And, you know, and I think that it also comes down to we all really do love our country and like, you know, we want the best for ourselves and our families. And, you know, I, to me, it seems like we're at a critical time where we have a lot of choices to make and, you know, stands to take and things like that, that really are going to matter. And, um, you know, I, I think it's good to start talking about it. I know when I had a couple of major falling outs on social media, a few people were very gracious and reached out to me and, you know, were concerned about seeing what I was dealing with and going through. And I felt then, and, and they're definitely on the opposite side of the aisle from me, but I, I thought like, well, it seems like they're interested. So, you know, Bill and I have talked about like, maybe, maybe we should see if these people want to have coffee or something like that. And we, we thought about that, but then we thought maybe on a bigger scale, we could do something like this. You know, I also had people that reached out to me that agreed, but they don't, they, they don't want to say anything. So, um, and I think there's a lot of those people out there too who have these suspicions or thoughts that aren't um, accepted or acceptable in certain situations, um, especially in your your geography of, of where you are in the country, in yeah. the state, in the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... But you do are, people. You have that unshakable. Something seems a little wrong. Yeah, you just can't feeling. put your finger on <laughs> it. And and uh, there are people out there just like us who have these thoughts as well. So mm-hmm. you're not alone. So we're hoping that you will will maybe reach at least some of our friends and maybe from that go on to have some conversations with real people. And, you know, we're going to set it up so we can get a little bit of feedback and, you know, ho- hope to 
grow understanding and things from there. So this is our introductory episode. We're just going to talk a few minutes about ourselves. um, And then uh, our next episode will be getting right into it. So uh, I guess we'll start out with a little bit about us. So I am Deborah. I work in IT management. I live in the Annapolis area. Um, I just got a puppy. So that's like taken over my life in the best way possible. I'm totally crazy about my dog. And I also uh, paint rocks on occasion and do some volunteer work and things like that. I'm a real interesting person these days. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bill? Another, another interesting person here. I'm Bill. Uh, I live in, uh, in Frederick and um, work in construction management. Uh, so we do have kind of a similar um, uh, professional background there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a rural suburban area out here. Um, lots of farmland. Um, and, uh, that's pretty much, um, pretty much where I grew up. Um, not too, not too exciting, just kind of work and, and volunteer and, and, uh, I don't paint any rocks, but, uh, um, mow the grass pretty much. That's (laughs) You have a lot of it here. Uh, Yeah. There's about, there's a lot of it. Yeah. And I mean, and you work in theater and uh, doing a lot of volunteer work with, uh, audio stuff. And, you know, that's, that's how we met. So what have I known you now for like eight, nine years then? Something like that. But I've been doing that for 20 some years overall. And, and um, it, it's one of my obsessions. Well, then it's you're you're a convenient guy to do a podcast with because yes. you know how to do this stuff. So, <laughs> well, so I grew up in a little town in Calvert County. It was North Beach. Um, it wasn't a particularly conservative place. In fact, I'd say it was it was the the old hippie type. A lot of uh, you know it, was, it, it could be a rough town in some ways. It, it was more like you know just like a fun type of place. Um, you know, like for instance, we, we had one corner in the neighborhood that my grandmother used to call the unemployment lot because you just had kind of every boozer in town hanging out at the place. And that's just the way North beach was when I was growing up there, you know, in like the late eighties and nineties. Um, you know, my parents, I never knew anything much about my parents' political leanings or anything like that. Just that my, I mean, my dad was just a leave me alone. I'll leave you alone type. I guess if I had asked him more questions and known a little bit more about that when he was with us, I, I guess I might have called him a libertarian or something. But, um, you know, actually, I, 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 my mom, I never knew anything about until I grew up. And now she's been a big supporter of mine. And I, I lean on her a lot for advice. And uh, she knows a lot about history. She's from a long line of Frankly, she doesn't have a lot of trust for the government, and then that's just she's long line of it. You know, we've we can trace our family history back to like the second boat here, so that's something we're kind of proud of. We feel pretty ingrained, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, I grew up. We my parents didn't have a lot of money. We we had food stamps. I never had um, health insurance as a kid. I remember when I needed something, uh, like my tonsils taken out, for instance. My parents went and applied for state Medicaid got that procedure done for me. And then when it lapsed, it was gone. And I lived without it for a little while longer. And if something else came up, my grandparents would scrape up the money or we'd go back to it. So I only say that because I think it's important since I'm a conservative and Republican voter. Sometimes I feel like people get this idea that you must be against social programs and stuff like that. And and it couldn't be further from the truth. I totally see the value in that. I've been the recipient of it, you know, and I'm one of those success stories that came up the next generation out of it, you know? So I think that's an important part of my story. So what about you? Um, I pretty much grew up in this area. 
uh, Western Maryland area, um, conservative area, uh, conservative upbringing, um, you know, strong middle class. Uh, you know, these things you don't realize when you're a kid, though. Uh, it just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, uh, just kind of how it is. Um, you know, my uh, mom still lives, you know, like five miles that way, mm-hmm. and you know, went to went to high school like like five miles that way, and so I'm kind of right here in the middle of of uh, of where it is. Um, it's still in a um, in a suburb of DC, so we were influenced by the you know, local TV stations, we'd watch the DC TV stations. And, and at that time, I don't think it was really that political, or at least we didn't realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there was and, and uh, just growing up, you didn't realize it. But, um, but then moving back here after, you know, living in, uh, in uh, Hagerstown and Annapolis and, and all over the state, and um, uh, you, you, you realize the different uh, political outlooks of, of the different areas. So, uh, glad to be back here and and just kind of a um, uh, a nice a nice place familiar to uh, familiar politics that is and and ideas to where I grew up. Yeah, I know. Then and just we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it in some future episode. The people moving around and taking political mm-hmm. ideologies with them and stuff like that. But I know that one of the big areas up here that's had a lot of influence and changed a lot over the years is Frederick. You know, as everybody has come up from Montgomery County. Yeah, so. Urbana is well. It was it was funny. A couple of years ago, I stopped at the CVS in Urbana, and it was a very weird experience for me because um, that was it was new at that time, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is just strange." I, I should be standing in a cornfield. Last time I saw this, it was a it was a <laughs> farm field, and and so so a lot of the people had moved up from Montgomery County into into Urbana especially and and really brought their politics with them and you can kind of see the shift in the Frederick politics as mm-hmm. well um as it becomes a a larger i don't know more diverse city mhm yeah, interesting well uh you know to talk a little bit about some of our life shaping events i've got one of those uh crazy up and down stories of you know my, my life was mostly shaped out of i i was a high school dropout i had a child at 15 and as soon as i was able to quit school at 16 i did quit school and i went on and got a ged and then i went to trade school i learned um it help desk stuff And that's, um, you know, and I dabbled in a few things before the real IT thing really took hold after I went back to school years later. Um, But I also, so I, I, what, by the time I was 23 years old, I had a drinking problem. I went into rehab. I've been sober since I was 23. Uh, That's been an obviously big part of my life. And one of the reasons that I feel like it is, is I was one of those 12 step success stories. Of course, you're not supposed to talk about that all the time. But the reason it's relevant for me is I feel like I'm the kind of person who knows how to assess my behavior and my beliefs and things and adjust because that's what that whole program is about. I don't think I'm the kind of person that gets stuck in a, in a way of thinking or being and, you know, and I won't accept another view you know, I mean, I guess we'll see about that. But um, and another thing that really far, far more recently shaped my my life experiences and changed the way I think about things is my son having a drug issue throughout his teenage years. And by the time he was 19 years old, he uh, had a near death experience. He, he overdosed on fentanyl. 
Um, and, and in that same year, two of his friends died of overdoses. And, um, you know, it, it, a lot of some people who know me know that there was years and years that he was in and out of different programs. I'm so grateful that I, I had a decent uh, you know, career, and I was able to help him get through a lot of, I, I went into a lot of debt. I had to move back home for a while. It was, it was kind of nuts, like, you know, the, the amount of stuff that I tried to do to keep him out of it. But the point of that is that, you know, I'm very aware of the positive side of the opportunities that I have in, in being able to pull myself up and be a success story in this country because of the opportunities that we have, you know, um, and, and I also know about the negative sides of policies that hurt us. And then when, like when, when my kid was adversely affected by drugs, I was suddenly very into the border and police and all of the things that I would like to feel secure and good about. And so, um, yeah, so that, that's me. I've got kind of one of those, you know, oddball stories. Yeah. Mine isn't as, as exciting as that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, been rather boring, but, uh, but it's stable, I guess, um, you know, working since I got out of high school and, uh, nothing too exciting about that. As far as political stuff, then, um, you know, I, dad would listen to Rush Limbaugh a lot. Um, and I was, you know, I'd, I'd listen to it as well. I wasn't entirely into it at the time, but, uh, now, you know, looking back, you see the value and, you know, thinking about some of the things that he said and, uh, but I've always been into, uh, just trying to think for yourself and, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's something to be said for consistency yeah. and knowing yourself, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, you start to start to think for yourself. And like we were talking about a few minutes ago that, uh, that, you know, sometimes there's things that are, that you think are wrong and, uh, just, just look into them. And now that we have the power of the internet, then we can, we can do that a little easier. Um, and also, um, when I was in college and I took a uh, American government, elective um i i can't remember it was a it was an arts um might have been an arts requirement or something mm-hmm. like that something like oh, i'll take that let's see what uh, see what happens and that was uh, you know that was what we now describe as a red pill moment mm-hmm. that that you read about this and you take the course and you realize how government should work how it was designed to work mm-hmm. what the thought process is that went into it and then you then you look at how it does work yeah, <laughs> and that it's not entirely the same, and um, and yeah, they had some good ideas. Lots they of had good, some I think great what, ideas. The yeah, most they're... interesting idea that I know about. What is it? Is it the that they they get a, a guaranteed salary for life of like one hundred and forty thousand a yeah. year or something? And at the time, you know, there was a time when that was like, surely these people will never be able to be influenced or corrupt in any way <laughs> because they're going to be just set for life and it's going to be fine. Yeah, and, and yeah, nowadays yeah. Uh, it's oh, not quite the same. That's a sneeze. That's a <laughs> yeah. total drop in the bucket. Yeah, why would you? be okay with that when you can just uh you know allow yourself a small smidge of corruption for for millions yeah definitely (laughs) but but ideologically that really uh really gave me a great appreciation for a lot of our founding documents the constitution the bill of rights and and the 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 function or the supposed function the intended function and the end result of of the government that we have well uh, which i guess leads into uh, our political influences and thoughts yeah, I, you know, I, like I said, because I didn't know a lot, you know, my parents weren't listening to anything political. It really wasn't discussed in our house. We didn't have a lot of things going on you know, like that. I just didn't grow up that way. My grandmother has never voted in her life. And a lot of the reason for that is she says, what would be the point? Because she just would have canceled out whatever her husband had voted for. 
Uh, but I, I will also say this. Grandma cites Jimmy Carter as her favorite president. So I already know. Well, OK. Yeah, then. We're not really on the same page. <laughs> I think she thinks I'm a loony. But anyway, you know, I grew up assuming that because we were poor, we should automatically vote Democrat because the Democrats are for the poor people. And I didn't question that. Not at all. You know, and then as I grew up, it wasn't just that, you know, that, that I had that reason for voting that way. It was also because the Democrats were cooler, you know, and like that, that's that's what the especially like almost the anti-authority, like anti-establishment anarchy back in my high school days and all. You thought that you you were a Democrat if you were that way, you know, it's boy, like has the, it uh, flipped. Yeah, like the uh, like the Pepsi people would vote Democrat and the Coke people would vote Republican. Yes, <laughs> Coke. Yeah, and then they'd be, they're stuffy, rich people and, you know, things like that. But I know that I was really um, excited when I went to college. Of course, I went to community college. So that's another thing. It's not as if it was some big highbrow establishment where you're, you know, getting what we call now the indoctrination or whatever. But I just had a regular, um, I had an economics teacher that I really, really connected with and I liked him a lot and he just taught us a few things of you know like the whole there is no free lunch and you know you do, you know you're going to get to the point where everybody leaves everybody that's paying the bills what you know don't disincentivize people to um you know and the whole to the trickle down economics and stuff like I believe in that you know I know that a lot of times these days we hear no we're tired of the trickle down and it never really works but I I we've seen it work so I don't really know how you can say that it doesn't. So anyhow, I think that guy really was a good political influence for me as I grew up. Um, and because of that guy, I, I remember when it came time to vote around the time that I was in college, I wanted I was thinking about voting for a Republican. And um, this is another part of my story. So I thought about voting for it's it's funny because the guy wasn't a great candidate, but it was the McCain days, I think it might have been. So, uh, But um, I, I thought about voting for him. At the time, I was dating a guy who was a union guy. Well, the unions vote Democrats. So he said, no, you'll be shooting yourself in the foot. Don't be stupid. Always vote Democrats. I'm like, well, once again, all right, fine, that's what I'll do. And it, it, it has bothered me to this day because I don't like that I've allowed other people to kind of make my choices about who I vote for because then the same thing happened later. Um, when Obama was running, uh, you know, first of all, I voted for him because you know, I was also caught up in the whole, it's the right thing to do. This is cool. Mm -hmm. You're making history. I've told this story before to some people that um, my son was 10, I believe, when Obama ran. And I took him into the voting booth with me and told him, like, you know, what we were doing and that we were voting the first black president in and that he would remember that forever. And and so that's what I did. And then when it came around again, I just thought, well, I guess I shouldn't change horses in midstream. And anyway, um, the Benghazi thing, you know, I don't want to take from the red pill section of our interview. But when all that happened, when some things went on in that second Obama term, I was kind of done with it, you know. And then um, when when Trump ran, I was very interested in that because I liked the idea of an outsider. But I think the thing that really made the choice for me, and, and that's what made me switch to voting Republican at that time, was I knew all those justice seats were going to come up. And seeing the way things were with Hillary Clinton, I'm sorry, but I just didn't want her picking them. I've seen the way they, you know, finagle things and work it together to your point about like, that's not how the government is supposed to work, but that is how it works. And I just, I wanted to try and protect us against that. And I, I think that was a, a good reason for voting that way. But so, yeah, I agree. Um, 
that's sort of the reason that uh, that I kind of went that way as well. Although I, uh, you know, had a strong conservative upbringing, and kind of like in your upbringing and your environment, then then you know, voting Democrat was the way to vote. You just voted that way. Then it's the same kind of same kind of thing in my in my world. You voted Republican, and that's just the way you voted. Mm-hmm. There's there's really no discussion about that, you know. All the all the all the city folk uh, voted Democrat, and, okay. <laughs> and, and everything. All of us out in the country, we voted for Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so I think the uh, like we were talking about earlier, I think the uh, the demographics have changed on that. But that was a uh, that was a I guess an influence seeing everybody voting for voting for Republican. They're like, well, I'll just uh, just keep on voting for Republican. And I have voted for Democrats in the past, but. But if there's if there's a if there's a reason to do it, if I'll vote for whoever, mm-hmm. not really not really concerned about the party or anything like that. If they have good ideas, which is which is uh, one of my you know philosophical ideas, is to you know vote for the vote for uh, somebody with uh, with great ideas, have independent thought, you know, use common sense to, to determine what's best. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, even if that's changing changing your path, changing your ideas, then uh, then that's what it is, and I, because of that conservative upbringing, I, I definitely consider myself a, uh, a you know constitutional originalist. You know, whatever it is is written in there. That's you know, I had a really great idea back then, <laughs> and it's still a really really great idea, and we just need to follow it. And yeah, there's no need to no need to tweak it. Uh, I don't find that it's you know the living document that needs to be reinterpreted depending on who's in office. Mm-hmm. It, it just needs to. You just need to follow it. It's an excellent guideline. Yeah. Well, on that end, then you go ahead with uh, talking about some of the sources that you listen to and read. Oh, there's a uh, there's a lot of them. Um, and like I say, thank goodness we live in this you know great technological age, and there's all kinds of podcasts and and things to listen to. Um, I listen to, of course, a lot of a lot of Blaze TV products and Daily Wire products. Uh, those are the, I'd say, the two largest um, uh, media enterprises out there right now. Uh, especially the News and Why It Matters and Glenn Beck on mm-hmm. Blaze TV, um, and also some Ben Shapiro. Uh, he has a really good uh, Sunday interview series. Um, mm-hmm. It's about an hour per episode on most Sundays. Well, he'll sit down with somebody and. And just interview him for an hour, and it's a really great, really great conversation. Not all about politics. Um, I mean, he's had Dana White on there, and Mike Rowe, and, and I love Mike uh, Rowe. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, Gina Carano, and uh, I think he had Ron DeSantis, and so he has all these, all mm-hmm. these really great people to listen to. Um, of course, the Dan Bongino podcast. Yeah, um, me too. I like to like to listen to him as well. He has some really great stuff. Uh, Dave Rubin, uh, new resident of Florida. Is uh, um, I'll listen to him as well. Um, Jordan Peterson, I've listened to for several years now. He's not someone who I just uh, you know put on the TV and you know I, I find I have to like sit down and listen to him because he has some really great info, and that's not something that you put on for background information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's uh, yeah, very, uh, uh, very good information that he has mm-hmm. um, about about anything, and he has another podcast series where he interviews everybody, and um, it just like uh, like Joe Rogan, another one that's uh, that you know, it would be great to be Joe Rogan just to sit down and and talk to people and learn from them. Yeah, 
Um, as far as COVID goes, then I've been listening to Dr. John Campbell, who's out of the UK, and uh, Dr. Vinay Prasad. Um, I think he's out of California. Uh, they have some really good uh, COVID information that you don't ne- necessarily see. Mm-hmm. Um, especially uh, Dr. John Campbell, um, he'll he'll bring in things from from all across the the world, all kinds of data. And uh, since he's a doctor, he can explain it um, in in ways that uh, that I wouldn't necessarily understand. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Tim Pool, um, the Epic Times are, are great. Yeah. Um, um, as far as China goes, there's there's a bunch of stuff out there for China. Uh, China Uncensored and China Uncovered are are really great. Um, uh, longer form podcasts as well about uh, about China. NTD News you might find on on your local uh, cable subscription. Uh, there. Uh, they're Falun Gong practitioners, so they're not entirely um, spouting the the uh, the the Chinese uh, party line there. Let's mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and of course, and of course, uh, uh, you know, Newsmax, Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. uh, Ju- Judicial Watch. Um, uh, there's a, uh, a daily email I get uh, called the Daily Malarkey, mm-hmm. which is really good. It's like a little tiny bite-sized, uh, you know, email of of what's happening. Bacha Ungar Sargon has really been on, in the news lately. She's, uh, I think, the opinion editor for Newsweek, mm-hmm. and uh, really great insight into into how the uh, the the media on the left operates. Um, of course, listen. I'll listen to uh, Mark Dice, Doctor Steve Turley. He has some really great optimistic outlooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viva Fry and Nate the Lawyer have excellent legal analysis. Um, I listened to uh, Viva Fry starting around the time that he was doing a series on uh, Mike Flynn. And if you have eight hours, and I'd suggest listening to that series. Wow. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and Nate, the lawyer, has been doing some really good good stuff here recently with um, the women's soccer team and their, their you know, air quotes, fight for uh, equality and mm-hmm. pay. Um, uh, fight for Schools has some really great info on, on Loudoun County. And if you want some entertainment, then uh, uh, I'll listen to Salty Cracker. Yeah, or Russell Brand or the quartering, and um, I've been very happy that you introduced me to the salty uh, salty cracker. That that guy is hilarious. He's worth it every time. Oh yes, yeah, Yeah. he has some he has some really good insights, some irreverent insights as Mm. well. Uh, So those are those are what I've been. Those are the the typical places that I'll go. Uh, Doctor Steve Turley has a resource where where he has I think ten resources, ten media uh, resources to listen to on the conservative side as well. Um, And uh, of course, I'm I'm currently reading the Federalist Papers and and Mark Dice. Mm. You are a very uh, like when when we started talking about this, like Bill and I, I probably I think we had dinner in the summer last year. And, mm-hmm. like, totally hit it off about both feeling like an alien in our friend group world and, like, what are we going to do? This is, you know, I, I feel so uncomfortable not doing anything. What should we do, you know? But you, you just come with so much that, you know, I just for, for a long time just had, like, this, this feeling, you know, and I didn't really know what to do about it or where to go for any information. But I can say that I'm... I'm, I love Mark Levin. I've got several of his books, and I'm, I'm oh, yeah, digging great. into. Yeah, like the, the American Marxism book is um, is one that I'm planning to dig into a little bit more when we when we get into 
different episodes, but I love Bongino too. I've got his book, the latest Follow the Money. Um, currently, I'm reading The Real Dr. Fauci by Robert Kennedy. I love Tucker and I, you know, a lot of the guests that he has, especially on his daily daytime show, I, I'll, I'll dig into um, after that, based on in his interviews with them. I like Miranda Devine. I have her book on Hunter's Laptop, which will be a nice episode at some point. I'm um, looking to hear more about yeah, that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that'll be um, one that I'll, I'll I'll pass your way when I'm done. Um, I like Laura Ingram. Um, I, I like and I love uh, Lara Logan mm-hmm. or Laura Logan, whichever. But she just um, so much good real quality journalism, you know, that, that we really are lacking. And, and you'd like to say that kind of goes without saying it almost thinks like right now, I know, for instance, when the Afghanistan thing happened, I'm like, I cannot believe when I'm looking at some of these news stations that like, we're still only talking about COVID or January 6th. For God's sake, there's a whole hell of a lot more going on in the world, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, to see things like that and to have somebody like her that reports for real, same thing with Tucker Carlson, really does report real stuff. I, I'd like to buy his book about the, something about the long slide, I think it's called, like the change in journalism that he's seen mm-hmm. over it in, in all of these many years. And he calls people out on that a lot. Like, your, your job as a journalist is supposed to be to dig into this stuff. I mean, the lack of curiosity, you know, the, the, the lack of transparency, the, the one towing the line. I mean, you can listen to almost anything in the mainstream news and it's like they're saying the same sentence. It's very frustrating. So I'm glad about a lot of the sources that you've told me about, um, you know, that have broken up that ridiculous monotony. I'm like, surely there must be something else going on. Oh yeah. And there definitely is. I think, uh, Joe Rogan had mentioned it once uh, here a few weeks ago that, that what he wants and what I want, and I think what a lot of people are just starving for is an objective source of news. Yeah. So you can just turn on the TV or or your computer or something and, and you know, there's some news. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not uh, slanted necessarily one way or the other, but here's what happened today and, and look into it, uh, make yeah. up your own mind. I mean, even I, I will say that sometimes I'll notice like on Fox 45 Baltimore down yeah. in my area, you know, they'll be like, let's talk to you about how terribly the students are doing in schools. Let's talk about the insane murder rate right now. And I'm thinking, OK, well, it would be nice if we could also take it a step further. What policies are being uh, enacted by the constant, you know, one side rule that is going on in these major cities that might be contributing to that. So it's sometimes they like barely will dig into that. But yeah, just scratch the surface. It yeah. would be nice to have to have something more to it than that. Because yeah. there's a lot of people I think who are just starting starving for that information. Yeah, they just don't know that uh, that there is a policy out there that that uh, that can contribute to that. Yeah. Yes, what, yeah, maybe we could do something different and things would turn out different or better. Yeah. 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 Well, as far as you know, how things have been going for us during this COVID time and with the political division and all, I've, you know, I've been lucky that I've been able to continue working. You know, I've, I've worked at home. I haven't had a lot of um, problem there. I, I know it was, it was it was tough for me when we first started the remote situation just because the, the nature of the work that I do made me working and working and working and working. That was a little bit rough. Um, and then also when, uh, you know, after the November 2020 election and some of the unrest and just, you know, my general feelings of the entire situation, I can tell you that I, I think I'm the only person I know who lost weight 
during that period of time when we were in the lockdown, I, I lost 20 pounds. Wow. And that's like not exaggerating. I, I remember being like 108 one day and I'm like, well, this actually seems like something's probably wrong. You know, and I, I just didn't even notice the, the sudden like lack of just just like a robot. Just I mean, just practically freaking out about everything going on. I couldn't believe it. But, um, you know, and, and one of the other things that I, I really couldn't believe that threw me for a loop, and it's, it's also, I, I noted here in my red pill moments, when all of this division started happening, I remember I reached out to a couple people that I thought, you know, either by, and maybe I was stereotyping, I thought maybe because of their age, people that might have been like my age or a little bit older, or maybe because their profession uh, was was something similar to mine, or maybe because they had a military background. There were various reasons that I thought, hey, I can connect with this person because maybe they do have a somewhat like conservative view. They'll understand. Like, hit me right between the eyes when a couple people said, oh, actually, I'm okay with all of this, and this is why I identify as a Democrat socialist. I, my jaw hit the floor. I, I guess I've been asleep. I did not, I, seriously, I mean, it might make me sound stupid, I did not know that regular people identified that way, because to me, it's, it's crazy, I, I have to say, that, I mean, they're, 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 the, the word socialism and good to me, there's nothing there that connects, you know? And so during this time of this strange divide and everything else going on and kind of like, frankly, the opportunity that COVID has kind of pushed onto our government in a way to, to make mm -hmm. some changes and do some things, I'm like, wow. I mean, I guess I always knew that there were, there was like Bernie Sanders, for instance, or some people that might be, I, I didn't realize what they were, I don't think. I, I just thought, well, they're just, they've got some really big spending ideas and some uh, pie-in-the-sky stuff. Oh, that's never going to happen. Or what. But, but there, there's a bunch of them, you know, and I, I, had, I never is. knew. And I, I just, seriously, like I said, I, I'm not a, a, a lunatic. You know, I haven't been the kind of person that's been sitting back for the last 20 years since I got out of high school or something just toiling away at... At, at how bad the government has gotten. I didn't know. I mean, there, there were some things that I kind of had the seed of mistrust planted, but I, I really have thought for some reason, like Pollyanna, I thought that we had some kind of control somehow in place that we wouldn't be letting socialism into our, our political sphere. I, I just didn't even know that it was an option. And so that's been a real boggling time for me. I don't think anybody would have would have realized, um, you know, all being products of the 80s, realized that socialism would would be part of our lives. So people would be seriously discussing discussing it. It was kind of a fringe idea um, that, you know, the I don't know, the college professors and had had theoretical ideas about and all the, you know, the crazy hippies would mm -hmm. would think that it's a it's a great idea. But I don't think anybody thought that we'd actually be seriously discussing it. I will give uh, Sanders credit that at least he doesn't hide it. He at least comes out and says it. Yeah, I don't agree with it, but uh, but there you go. Yeah, it, it, yeah, maybe maybe it is the the more insidious uh, hiding ones that that yeah, we yeah, have no, to worry no, about. We're not, uh, we're not going to do anything. Just yeah. uh, you know, here's some more government uh, programs here, and then all of a sudden you end up with socialism. With it. But then there's Bernie Sanders, who's like, "Yep, yeah, well let's uh, let's institute some socialism." That's today. exactly what we're doing. Yep, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but at least for me in the in the 
what, two years? It's depressing to say that in the mm-hmm. past two years, then um, I kind of been laying low. I've really have dropped off social media and everything, just talking to average ordinary people, you mm-hmm. know, friends and, and things about that. And which is, uh, you know, where I, like I said earlier, uh, find out that, uh, you know, we're all pretty much the same. We have different, different ideological viewpoints, but we're all pretty much the same. Uh, fortunately working in construction, um, it's a more of a conservative, uh, industry, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of Spanish speaking people from central and South America mm-hmm. are, they are very conservative. All they want to do is go to work and work hard and get a paycheck and go home to their families. And that's what they want. You know, they want their families to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sounds like a pretty strong conservative idea. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's, there's really not too much that I've done, mostly just laying low and, and things over the past couple of years, as far as, uh, um, as far as the work and, and that kind of stuff, um, uh, just kind of, uh, kind of trying to blend in and, and not to cause too many ways. Cause it was, it's a, it's a very concerning time, especially with all the, all the lockdowns and everything during COVID that you don't know what's coming. So you don't want to Put yourself out yeah, there. Don't and, yeah, don't want to put yourself mm-hmm. out there and, and everything. Um, but now that uh, now that I'm annoyed enough that uh, we need to start speaking out and, and yeah. doing stuff. <laughs> now that we now that we can see that that there's that there's actually something happening. Yeah, there. I'm also scared. I would use that particular that's a, uh, yeah, that's feeling. A, <laughs> that's a good one. You know, when uh, when the mortgage company demands a payment at the first of every month, then yeah. you gotta you gotta be be slightly cautious. But then. Once you see what things are happening, then um, then that's a good time to mm-hmm. you know to yeah to go and do something. Um, so it's been it's been kind of quiet. There are some people out there uh, who are you know they're drinking Kool Aid with a fire hose, and I think we pretty much know uh, some uh, some people. Well, uh, that's the reason I pretty much got off of uh, you know social media is like I just can't stand that anymore. Yeah, I remember that you, the the reason that I even you know kind of like reconnected with you outside of theater was that I was looking for another job at the time, and I'm mm-hmm. you know and I I, t- t- I checked to see if you had any project manager opportunities or things going on that, that you knew of. And, and that's when I, when you said you were like, yeah, I, I haven't, I said, I haven't seen you active in a while. Like what's been going on. And you said, yeah, I'm a little tired of the echo chamber. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's becoming an echo chamber and the more, the more conservative voices leave there, then it's becoming even more of an echo chamber. Yeah, and I so don't even know be... why I bother with Twitter. I mean, yeah. every time I'm like, they're just, I'm not among friends here. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I, keep... I stick my neck out. It gets chopped. Yeah. I keep <laughs> trying to get you off of that, but uh, you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe one day. Yeah. I think well, there were, there were more platforms coming available now so yeah, maybe yeah. i'll make the jump so but yeah i hopefully what we're doing now with this project will be a little bit more uh targeted to at least our tiny little circle and maybe we'll be able to make some inroads we'll see because it's not it's not working for me on twitter <laughs> that's for sure but so with you know again with the red pill moments then i guess for me when you look at the connections that the establishment has it's kind of right in your face. You know, you, you can't really, it's, it's a bit naive to think that these people are connected in this way and they've got this big web of it, you know, and to think that they're really out for us. You can see that they're satisfying their own personal interests. Um, you know, they'll sell us down the river for, for, you know, nothing. And, you know, they're going to all be okay. 
That's why they're okay with so many really destructive ideas mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we feel the pain of. They're all right, you know. I mean, sometimes I. It's funny because I've I've been really obsessing lately. This is a mild tangent. The sandals commercials. Uh. I watched the sandals commercials, and I just was thinking this morning. In fact, I said, "What do you think? What What do you think the commercials are like?" In some other countries, like let's say, I don't know, Venezuela or someplace mm-hmm. that they've, they've gone, you know, full socialism and done their thing and they used to be prosperous and all that. They're probably not advertising sandals vacations. Hmm. You know, That's a really good you know, point. And I look at these things and, and it almost like makes my brain hurt. And, and, you know, again, like I am scared. I am scared about what's happening right now. You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't want that to make me seem even crazier or something, but we, we do have a, a lot to be concerned about right now. And I see those kinds of commercials and I think, I wonder if people realize this stuff that's being marketed to us, this could be so out of reach so quick with, with, with the path that we're on. There's not going to be any more of this, you know, don't, don't show me this. Look mm-hmm. at this luxurious life with the dollars that you have left over and the things that you can do. And I think, I guess that places like that and, 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 you know, They'll only be frequented by the uber rich at that point. And they'll be, you know, I'm sure that Sandals is far beneath any of those people anyway. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of things like that. Like, the, w- what do they want? Do they want to get to a point where all of us deplorables and, you know, are just completely out of sight, out of mind? I mean, like, what are we trying to produce here? So it's just, that's a, thank you for humoring me on that rant. But the, those sandals commercials just get me. Because I think about it, I'm like, if, if my friends want this sandals life, let's, you know, protect what we have with the, the, the prosperity and, you know. Oh, yeah. Just whatever. Well, I'm not going to look at commercials again the same way yeah. there, especially those sandals commercials. Yeah, don't worry about a thing, Bob Marley says. Every little thing is going to be all right. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, but my red pill moments, Benghazi was one of those um, that when you when you look at it on its on its face and everything is fine but when you start to look into it a little deeper just a you know a layer under the surface couple layers under the surface you find out who's involved and what happened and and everything you think that uh, maybe maybe there's something going on there so that's a, that was a bit of a red pill moment um uh, you know i listened to dan bongino pretty much started to listen to him at, at his i think it was podcast episode 628 i think it was the famous one that where he laid out the the spygate I need to check that one out. Yeah, I um, I believe it's number six twenty eight. It's one of the one of the early ones. He also has a has a speech at, at one of the um, uh, one of the conventions in Florida as well, where he lays out the Spygate stuff and and uh, got to be honest, it sounded um, it sounded kind of crazy. But you start to look into it, and you, you know he produces results. He's written some books on this and. And uh, you think that, um, well, it, it kind of gives you a different perspective on the government agencies. So I'll put it that way. And, and he would know, you know, have, yeah. having been the career that he's had, you know, and, and that's the thing that I, I hope that a, a little bit of what we're dealing with right now, like with the COVID thing, for instance, and with some of the corruption that is coming out, that's going mm-hmm. to be exposed. I sure hope that they start talking about it, you know, but, you know, it just, I hope that people will be a little bit more willing to accept that these things might be going on. Cause I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's very uncomfortable, 
You know, I mean, I'll give it that. I don't think I mean, it's it's far more comfortable and happier to believe that everything is good. The people in place are good. Mm-hmm. All of the checks and balances work. The agencies are independent. You know, we the people and, you know, and all of that. But it's not. So, yeah, you know, nice you, you have to be willing to see that in some way. You can't just you have, have blinders on. Yeah, it's nice to sit back and say, well, you know, the government says this or the, whoever it is says this. So that much, you know, they're, they're far more educated than I am. Yeah. They've been through this. So therefore, that's, that's the way it is. But uh, that's not necessarily the way it is. That's not necessarily the, um, uh, the way it actually is. Yeah. But also listening to uh, Jordan Peterson, um, Jonathan Haid as well. Um, as far as the, like the, uh, the social, uh, side of things, uh, they really were, were opening, opening my mind on that, uh, philosophical, uh, kind of discussions as well. And pretty much if, um, if something doesn't sound right, then, uh, then look into it. You know, if it doesn't pass, pass the smell test, then maybe there's something going on there. Very, yes, exactly. And, Be and of willing. course, the, yeah, yeah, the whole COVID thing, that's, that's a giant red pill and <laughs> Afghanistan, and well, that's only the stuff that's you know the major stuff that's been happening in the past couple of years is 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 big. But even in the past six years, with you know, ever since uh, Trump decided that he was going to run for president, mm-hmm. you know, there's some there's some big red pill moments in there as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm glad that we got to see the corruption and and everything that's present in the media and in the government and everything like that. Yeah. But I don't think we would have seen otherwise. I appreciate that we got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, that I think, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know yet it, how much he really did for us in that way. And, um, you know, I, I will admit for myself that I, the, the, like the Twitter thing, for instance, I wasn't on Twitter until 2020. So mm-hmm. I don't know frankly, about all of the things that he said and bothered people and people didn't like his tone and attitude and all that. I, I, I don't know those things firsthand because mm-hmm. I wasn't involved in that platform at the time. But I can also say that I'm very direct. I also have problems with people sometimes and I'm there's nothing political about me. Frankly, it has held me back in work a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I am the workhorse. You know, put me in the back, I'll crank the wheel. That's That's how I am. So I can tell you that like an abrasive way doesn't bother me. You know, I'm, I'm okay with the very direct, very upfront and in your face. So it, it, not, nothing about that part of his personality bothered me, but at the same time, I would be completely open. And I, I hope that the party does decide that they're going to do, you know, what really is the best for all of us. And mm-hmm. if that's not the right front runner to put out there, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not like some kind of I only want this now and I'm just like toting the line, you know, that that's not the way it really is. Yeah. And I don't think that's the way it is for a lot of us, but that's the way the, the media has everybody thinking that the entire party is, is, you know, uh, just gunning in that way. But it, it, it absolutely goes without saying that he did wake us up oh, and he woke so. up the party in a good way. I think that the people that are starting to come forward to run are like really promising and people that are clearly coming at it out of the goodness of their hearts with good mm-hmm. ideas and, you know, are not the establishment. And I, I just, I really appreciate that. So I was grateful for what he came forward to do. And I think that, that the, one of the last interviews he had, was it with 2020 or one of those um, 60 minutes, maybe mm-hmm. I think it was with 60 minutes. Uh, he had a, uh, he had an inter- interview and, 
watching it on 60 Minutes, it was a just a train wreck. Mm-hmm. If, you know, Trump was just an awful person. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about that interview was that he had a camera set up to record the entire interview, and he released that unedited mm-hmm. from the time he walked in to the time he walked out, and everything was not entirely the way you saw it. Mm-hmm. I think that was another another bit of a red pill moment, more of a confirmation as to what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that... Um, it's the same thing with the whole, like, denouncing white supremacist thing. Oh, I mean, course. like, my God, he did that. He couldn't have been more clear about that, but right. the media you know, just doesn't you, show that. Yeah, you know, once you start to look into that, you, you see that. And I would hope that that any Republican who runs in the future, whether it's Trump or whether it's somebody else we don't even know about, mm-hmm. does that and, you know, has an interview and releases the interview uncut from an objective yeah, viewpoint to really on a camera show showing you, both people. Yeah, you know. to show you how the media has become an enemy of the people. Right, and that's yeah. exactly what he came forward to say. And it's it's interesting also because one thing that I watched not too long ago was his 1988 interview with Oprah. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm, Guy's mm-hmm. been the same. You know, I mean, There's, been the same been, since uh, then. Yeah, we're kind of going off on a tangent here. But, yeah, that's, but that's, that's, that's also kind of a red pill moment that... Um, Nothing's really changed for him. His his rhetoric hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. You and take, you can you, see also how like a red pill moment is that that you can see why the establishment would not like that. So right. allow yourself to see if you know peel the onion back a little <laughs> bit just to see could it possibly be that they may have you know demonized this man <laughs> in order to therefore you know take from that demonizing an entire section of the of the public you know and and turning us against each other and creating this rid- crazy rift you know and and not wanting us to see what he was there to show us so i oh, mean yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and it's just, and, and that's really the bottom line of it. But, and that kind of takes us into what we hope to accomplish with the podcast. And, you know, like, like we said in the beginning, just, you know, hopefully I'm thinking that maybe because people know us, you know, maybe they'll listen, even if just to make fun of us or whatever, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, it's like wh- whatever brings you to this conversation or to this way of thinking is irrelevant it's what keeps you here mm-hmm. that that matters and you know i hope that people will start to look into some of these things that you know that we might discuss and and see for themselves like mm, actually this is something i could get on board with i see where this is better for myself and my family and you know it's not the they aren't this stupid rednecks or uh you know uh bigots racists everything else that i've been told you oh, know of course yeah, yeah yeah and and uh and hopefully everyone who comes here um has an open mind about things uh that uh hopefully will present some some facts that aren't in the mainstream media that aren't things that people would normally see in their everyday lives consuming the media um and i think i think you and i have have a lot of have a fair amount of overlap in the in the sources we listen to, but there's still a bunch of information that you'll send me mm-hmm. that say, "Hey, have you have you seen this?" And then I'll I'll do the same for you, and 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 we start to look into it and everything. So there's uh, there's a lot of information out there. Yeah, we just have to find it because it's not all of it's easy to find. Yeah, and we're hope to hope to bring some of that information to light, get people thinking. And I think to close, I, I, will, I will quote you since you haven't said it yet, but what Bill has said before is that we're all on the same team if we only knew it. Yes. And I think that's a really good way to end it. Yeah.
So thank you, and we'll we'll move on from here. And we hope that uh, you find some of our episodes helpful, and that you'll keep coming back. So thanks. Yep. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.